Hello, my name is Lizzie, your DM. I use she, her pronouns. Welcome to the first episode of City in Snow. Hi, I'm Anna, she, her. I will be playing Ilivara, the Deep Elf Blood Hunter, also she, her pronouns. I'm Lame, I use she, her. I'll be playing Hannah Mothwatcher, the Half Elf Fighter, who also uses she, her. Hi, I'm Miranda. My pronouns are they, them. I will be playing Six, a tabaxi sorcerer, and he uses he, him pronouns. Hi, I'm Izzy, uh, they, them, please. I am playing Yor, who is a Order of Ancients paladin and a tiefling, and they also use they, them, or she, her. Okay. So let's get this campaign rolling with some exposition from me. It's a chilly afternoon in the city of Elthana's Stand. We follow a seagull gliding above the buildings, a shimmering river between them, surrounded by a tall stone wall. The camera zooms in to the main plaza where a crowd gathers around a great statue of Elthana, the original hero of the city, a half-elf who saved it from destruction hundreds of years ago, now cast in bronze and as tall as a tree on a high pedestal. The people follow a procession of horses and mules and carts, cheering. The first Bastion mercenary company has returned successful. After weeks of investigating rumors of missing persons, they're finally back with a slew of people behind them. At the head of the procession, with a gleaming crossbow on her hip, the master key finder is wrapped in scarves. Behind her, shaking hands with the crowd, an armored woman with a sword on her hip and a smile of sharp hobgoblin teeth, the master shield breaker. Master Treewalker walks beside her, leading their horses. She does not acknowledge the crowd and sometimes seems to shield herself from them with a horse on either side. Rumors spread through the crowd as they see a heavy carriage, barred windows and door. It's the lorekeeper, one of the magic researchers, and the carriage must be lined with lead to contain her, they say. But she wouldn't dare try anything with the company around. Behind the heavy carriage on a stout fuzzy pony is a figure covered in scarves and robes. The brass tabaxi, Master Dragonheart, does not acknowledge the crowd. And at the back of the procession, sitting still on his horse, not waving to anyone, is the master spellwright. And every so often, when a child runs around in front of him and asks, he'll shoot some sparks in the air and the crowd will just cheer wildly. This is the parade of them entering the city. And after this parade, after anyone who needs to gets put in jail, or receives medical attention at the guild house, at the company's house, I should say. The whole city parties. And while the city parties, each of you receive a letter by courier from the Master Oracle, head of the First Bastion Mercenary Company. And the letter says, To you of wherever you are, 
There is a matter of some urgency. If you wish to go on a short journey, you may find our company dungeoneer at the Salty Dog Tavern by the docks. Please arrive with any gear you may require and see the attached offering as token of my optimism towards the success and discretion of your endeavor. At the bottom of each letter are a few words of text in a language you don't know and a red seal in the shape of a tower or rook and the letters M-O. The O has a little line in the middle, almost like an I. So let's roll initiative and roll 20. And then... We're going to Are we see where find this the letter. <laughs> yes, we're going to find the letter. It comes to life. <laughs> it's going to bite. I... <laughs> and with this turn order, we're going to find out where this letter finds you tonight. So, starting with Ilavara. Oh, really? What did yeah. I what oh, happens when when the courier finds you? So I'm at work. I'm outside of the, what was it again? Blushing something? The, the Blushing Busk Bordello. Okay. I am standing outside of the Blushing Busk Bordello. A young man has come up to enter, and in searching for hidden weapons, my normal protocol, he slips something into my hand and enters, which just leaves me kind of confused. And that's when I open it and read what the courier has handed me. And then I'll just pocket it for now. Yeah, you have a long night ahead of you, don't you? Yes. Next up, where is Six? Six is lying in bed, tossing and turning, as he has a dream full of darkness and dragon's claws, and he awakes with a start to find a letter sitting just on his stomach, and he takes it, he opens it, and he sees what it says. Okay, are you at home or at a different place of residence? I am at home. Okay. Where do we find Hannah? So Hannah is almost undoubtedly just finding some sort of maybe tree or like training gummy and just going at it until she just is too tired to stop. So probably at some point while she's doing this, the courier is just going to come up to her and we'll probably have to just be standing there waiting for like a minute until she stops just hitting this, t- this dummy and she actually pays attention to where he is and then she's like, oh, um, hello, um, uh, thank you. And then takes it and reads it. <laughs> there are a few training courtyards around, so that's probably going to be the right place to find Absolutely. you. Absolutely, just in yes. one of those then. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where do we find your? It's the night of the party still? It's the night everyone's partying. The town is getting rip-roaring drunk. It's like, <laughs> it's like your team just won, you know, the football game everyone's everyone's having a good time okay so your is part of the party they used to be part of an acting company so those are like their pals they still share an apartment and um the letter comes in to give it to your but the um one of their friends snatches it up and they have a turn like passing it around with each other not reading it but just keep away and then uh, eventually they give it to them and they read it 
and everyone gets excited. Oh, do you read out loud? Uh, yeah, well, some of them are trying to look over their shoulder. Awkward. But I understand. <laughs> yeah, they're pals. Yeah. <laughs> Very discreet. <laughs> I love it. Well, it is the morning after. In what order do people show up at the tavern? The Salty Dog Tavern. Whatever time was said, I am 20 minutes early. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> I'm very timely. So, maybe about four minutes early. What was the time set again? Is it in the morning? In the morning, at or right before sunrise. Oh, so I haven't slept at all. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to say I walk in, or Six walks in less than a minute after Hannah and immediately orders a drink. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all on time. Yor likes to get up early, so they would have been a little earlier, but they got slightly sidetracked on the way. But they still make it on time. The interior of the Salty Dog Tavern is dark and it smells like stale beer and salt water and somehow fish, even though you don't really see any fish. The entrance is maybe a stone's throw away of the end of the pier, so this is like the place for people who are just coming through. However, uh, this tavern is old enough and established enough to have some regulars, and you as far as I'm aware, do not have the history in this town to be considered a regular at the Salty Dog Tavern. Now the question is, the Salty Dogs themselves, what would you say Six's relationship with dogs are? (laughs) Six is okay with dogs. Okay. (laughs) I think the type of dog who lives in a tavern has probably seen it all. And this dog is sleeping at the hearth. It is large and black and very, very fuzzy. Nearby the hearth is a couch on which snores a halfling. And in the corner, kind of sleeping almost like a kid in high school who cannot stay awake through first period on his backpack, is who the bartender points out, the dungeoneer. It's full head down, arms across, like, you know what I'm talking about. Can sit upright if needed. Yes. Yeah. Ilavara walks over immediately to this man and not super rudely slams her hand onto the table right next to him. <laughs> Can I get a dexterity check, please? Oh, God. Oh, yes. <laughs> Am I tumbling through all the salty dogs? It's possible. Uh, dexterity check, you said? Yes, please. Bam. Dexterity save. Very nice. Oh, was it save or check? You did it correctly. It's a save. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you actually just missed the cutoff. Oh. You walk across a wire, and you can feel your your foot push against it as one of the chairs on the tables, because the chairs go up on the table when it's you know, not quite open and busy, starts tumbling towards you. 
and uh, you see this is rude. <laughs> oh yeah, you see the dungeon and go hup, hup, hup. <clears throat> Yes, yes. What is it? I'm awake. <clears throat> I see that now. Yeah, we're here for you. <laughs> she says in just like an awkward. Like, <laughs> it's exactly oh. like that. <laughs> Okay, who is we? Elevara, and then motion to the others that are kind of milling around. Yeah, yeah hi. <laughs> what I hear? The fact that like this is the dungeoneer. <laughs> oh yeah, the I mean the bartender, the bartender. If you ask, um, kind of gestures to his own his own little paper, <laughs> <laughs> crumbles it up and throws it away. <laughs> he did his duty. <laughs> He pointed out who who it is. Now, as soon as I hear like any sort of confirmation, this is the engineer. I'm just gonna get up, and you'll you'll just hear choo, 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 Oh my gosh! Elhara <laughs> does not know what to think of this. Just like <laughs> follows her with her eyes very slowly. Six is like, I say, are we an adventuring party now? I'm very confused. Kerfuffled, even. Oh, it's you again. Oh! You, the librarian! Yes! Uh, Not quite, but yes. Good to see you, Kat. The name's Six. Right. And you? Ilivara. Ilivara. Charmed. Hannah just like holds out a holds out a hand like she's trying to get you to like shake it, and you can you can definitely see her plate armor is just far too big for her. There's like definitely noticeable space between where her heart, where her arm ends and the armor begins, and she's like, "Um, hello, I'm I'm Hannah." Six takes Hannah's hand in his paw. He is a polydactyl, which you notice he has six toes on his paw. And he he kneels and gives Hannah's hand a little peck and says, My pleasure, Lady Hannah. So I think it's time I should probably describe what she looks like. <laughs> yeah, this is the time to describe your characters physically. So Hannah is about five foot two. As before mentioned, she's got like a very heavy like plate armor that's just far too heavy for her. Like there's a mismatched shoulder pad that's like a little bit smaller than the other one. Every time she moves, then she can just see it kind of like shaking around because it has not been forged for her whatsoever. On her back is probably about a six foot claymore. Yeah, it's it's just far too big for her. Uh, her hair is kind of. Sort of like you know, autumn leaves, but just turning, so very slightly sort of orangey yellow, with like deep blue sort of sky blue eyes, and very like freckles all over her face, and very very slight hint of buck tooth. <laughs> I just like the idea of like. I hope it's okay that I didn't ask if I could kiss your hand, but I just like the <laughs> idea that you're just like head to toe in this armor and I'm just like, my lady. <laughs> if, if that's if that's okay. Yep. Okay. 
she'll just be like, oh, um, thank you. Visibly incredibly confused. Kerfuffled even. Did your make it? Yes, your your was coming in late, right? No, so they're, more, they're on time. They're there. More. Okay, great. They're they're not as shy as me. They've already been part of like the handshake and how you do. Uh, they're late compared to everyone else. <laughs> well, I'll describe mm. your character. <laughs> you're on right. time, so you're late. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. They were doing something. Um, <laughs> so yours a tiefling. They have kind of medium gray brown skin. Their horns are kind of antelope-esque they have like the it goes out a little bit and then back in and then um their hair is is pink and it's pulled back and curly and they're also wearing armor it's kind of like a, a motley of a few different armor types but somehow it comes together well it's just for aesthetic it's mostly chainmail, and your understands fashion yeah no they're like charmingly Put together while also being a little full on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're also very tall. And, um. Ooh, could I get heights for six and Illavara too? Oh, yeah. Who's. How Who's does everyone look in comparison? I need not to visualize me. this. Absolutely <laughs> not me. <laughs> Illavara is also five foot two, about 160 centimeters tall, and very compact. Amazing. It's six feet tall. <laughs> yes. I love it. Great. He's a skinny, lanky boy. Cute. So cute. Um, and did your have a height? Your is six one, but I forgot to account for horns. <laughs> ah, that is fair. That needs to be uh, part of the calculation. Yeah. So probably okay. six five. Uh, With horns. Very like, like toned, muscular. So we've definitely got zero middle ground here. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. The dungeoneer stands, starts rubbing an eye, and um, starts unspooling some wire from around the table. And there were multiple traps laid in while he's doing that half-asleep, closing his eyes that he cleans up his shit around the table, right? Um, <laughs> he stuffs it in his bag. Uh, nice messenger bag. Elifar is just staring at this guy in a like severe disapproving sort of way. Just a frown. Arms crossed. Oh, I'm sure he is an absolute mess. Uh, as he comes around the table, you can see that He's wearing, it's not quite in tatters, but it's definitely dirty and stained. Some scruffy clothes. He's underdressed, and uh, the dungeoneer, about five foot, maybe a wiry guy. And you can tell because he's, I mean, he hasn't even laced up his shirt, really. Like, it's its a mess. His tunic is ajar. He's wearing sandals in the middle of winter. Like, why? He has some curly, dark blue-green hair, light blue skin, black eyes with red irises, and little thin ears. 
and if you look really closely, you can see some of the gills on his neck. He collects all his stuff, he comes around the table, holds out a hand and says, uh, Carpathius. My name's Carpathius. It's, um, it's nice to meet you all. This stinks of the Oracle. Is that what's going on here? I bow, but not too low. Oh, please. No. I bow no. way too low. <laughs> it's, really, it's no problem. It's... Yes, I bow. <laughs> I've just got my hands in front of me, just waiting for a social cue so, to, so I can actually talk. <laughs> I'm just like, almost nose to the floor bow. Yeah, so he he does one of those just waking up, doing my stretches, gotta get the shoulders loose, crack something, goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so he nods towards the, the barman who holds up, like, taut, very obviously and dramatically tosses a letter, the crumbled up letter in the air and says, okay, we're doing this again. Got it. I'm guessing you all got letters. It's not yet. Okay. Okay. So we're going to the stables. Follow me. And he beelines it out of the tavern. Are you six? Is like, can I finish my drink, perhaps? Or uh, I'll just, I'll just. Well, it sounds it. <laughs> Breakfast of champions. <laughs> That's the stuff. Um, that's the stuff. He starts heading towards the plaza, the center of town, through the warehouse district, past the docks. There are still some people partying, but more and more as you get towards the plaza, you see Streetcart vendors are slowly changing over from the night food for drunk people food to the morning food for people who actually have to work. <laughs> As you get closer, some of the air uh, you pass by and there's just like some fried kebabs and that slowly turns into, you know, the apple fritters type stuff. And as we get through the plaza... Carpathius does stop at one of these carts to basically pick up whatever the equivalent of coffee is. And a bun. And keeps going. <laughs> That's descriptive. <laughs> uh, at some point, he'll point out, he will address you and say, So this tends to happen uh, usually a couple days after they get back. Sometimes a little bit closer, but usually we have people in-house for this kind of thing, so it just so happens that the situation required a lot more, you know, manpower than usual, and it was local. So if you got a letter, that means that everything's already been set up, so we're just going to get to whatever cart or sled or whatever it happens to be, and... uh Get to where we gotta go. Um, where would that be? Right, so, uh, it's, it's definitely kind of a secret, but I, I was, I was at the, the guild house back when, um, when they came in with, you know, all the people who needed medical attention and stuff, and... 
Apparently the situation was just down the road of Fort Waterdown. A shame that it was so close by, but, you know, that's just what happens sometimes. Who can tell? I do say, I do say, my dear fellow, are you... Would you happen to be from the First Bastion Mercenary Company? He actually stops for, like, the first time, just stops walking. Because before, if he was addressing me, he was basically just walking backwards through the cobblestones and, you know, icy ground. And he looks you up and down and says, Wait, are you? Are you? Uh, he he yes. looks like... Yeah. He's looking around. And he knows what you, what you know. Okay, well... <laughs> He's like, mm, yeah... That's me. Oh, glad to have you then. That's that's real sweet. That's real neat. Oh, nice. He says, "Like, that's me." And you probably know all about this. So we're just, you know, we're we're just a little, little fun ride up, up there. And then I I think I know what the situation is. So we're probably good without any extra supplies, as far as I can tell. You all seem, you know. Equipped, equipped out as needed, and uh, yeah, yeah, I am, I am a company dungeoneer. Sounds a lot more exciting than it is, haha. I just, it's, it's mostly paperwork and uh, you know, counting leftover boxes and figuring out, you know, did they file the right taxes or whatever. Uh, hint, uh, villains don't file their taxes. Fun fact, not many people know. So that's what we're going to be doing. All the way up at the fort and uh, cleaning up things and counting boxes of stolen goods or whatever whatever we find, really. Oh, no. Usually, uh, I know I said this, but usually they wait at least a day. This is just, this is cruel. And he keeps walking. He goes through the plaza and you, uh, the first beams of sunlight are hitting the top of the statue of Althana and her lance is just a whole different shade of orange than you thought possible. And as you go by, you pass over a bridge over the river, which is relatively empty. There are still a few barges packed in. Ilvara takes that moment to admire the statue, just for a heartbeat, then continues walking. It's wonderful. It's like one of the wonders of the whole of Tor, right? Is the statue of Elvara. Elvara. <laughs> Elvana. <laughs> Elvira? Elvira, yeah. And once you get past the north gates, that's where they keep the stables. And the stable hand... She also waves a letter and just kind of just gives it to the dungeoneer and goes, I got the stuff ready and know you're good for payment, but like, really? Same day? Same day? He goes, I know, right? I know. I know. So who's driving the car? The cart? If no one looks like they're going to step up to do it, Hannah will. <laughs> he definitely expects someone else to do it. So I, I'm assuming what's happening now is that I'll, I'll be looking around at everyone, kind of like expecting someone else to do it. Oh, <laughs> then I'll I'll come jump. Ivara still, <laughs> just still has this severe expression on her face. 
Is there room for two up there? Can we share it? There is room for two, but we only need one driver. I know, I know I shouldn't drive drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. Well, if you didn't uh, hire a a car driver, um, I, 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 I can do it. Okay, we got one cart driver. He hands you the reins and then starts digging out some danishes from his bag. Breakfast on the go. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Everyone get, get one then, please. Uh, please. Have you driven a cart before? Yes. I'm going to insight check. <laughs> you can if you like, but I suspect that she tells the truth pretty often. <laughs> I trust yeah. no one. Well, apparently I trust you. <laughs> apparently with a roll of five total. Uh, five total? <laughs> yes. Why that would they lie? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what you, what you probably get from that is she's really stupid and she probably thinks she's driven a cart before. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. Heavy sigh. <laughs> Come on, Ilavara. Where, where's your adventurous spirit, huh? Cross arms. <laughs> I guess I'll climb in the back and just climb up with six. Yeah, so when I, when I see everyone get in, I'll just be like, let's go. And just set the cart go. I just imagine Hannah going like, go. And just like motioning <laughs> forward. Go. <laughs> <laughs> These are very patient and very professional horses who know their duty and go right ahead. Good horses. <laughs> so you are taking a northbound road alongside the river that goes through the city. And at this time of day, there aren't basically anyone on the road. So it is pretty quiet. The road is flanked on either side by ditches, and that's where people put the snow after it snows. So you do actually have a view of the surrounding area. You're not just driving in a a trough between two walls of snow shoveled from the road. It's pretty nice. Yay for infrastructure. The ride takes maybe an hour at most. And at that time, the sun fully comes up over the hills, over the trees of the surrounding area and the farmland. At that point, Ilavara has just been arms crossed, sitting quietly, mostly with her eyes closed, but when the sun starts to creep over them, she pulls out, or rather pulls down, a set of not technically normal modern sunglasses, but it's a half mask that goes over her eyes and just has slits where the eyes will go and pulls that down once the sun starts to shine on them. Six is curled up asleep because he didn't sleep very well last night. (laughs) That's why he was here super early, because he had nothing better to do and he was awake. But now he's had his his, uh, liquor, and he's in a gently rocking cart, and he can't help himself. (laughs) He's out. out. I am not tempted to pet the cat. (laughs) 
<laughs> he twitches in his sleep. Like his face is like doing. That's what I'm meditating on. I will not pet the cat. Oh, that's oh so cute. Oh, that's so cute. I pet the cat. Oh. <laughs> his ears flatten and his eyes like widen at first as he wakes up and he's like. <clears throat> pulls her hand back really fast. He just like closes his eyes a bit, like not fully closing his eyes, just the way cats do when they're relaxed and he, he purrs a little bit. And then he, like, drifts back to sleep. You heard it here, folks. It's a back season. They can purr. Okay. I can. You so can. I'm not going to try to act it. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm also going to pretend that I can roll my R's, so... But I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't. Okay. So, you crest a hill... And you see the fort. Fort Waterdown looms over the river. Even before you see the cold and icy stone towers, gray against gray in the sky, you notice the buzzards circling overhead. The gates are broken. The snow's been cleared from the pathway recently, presumably by the people who just came home from there. There is a gate attached to a gatehouse, and a watchtower to your right. However, you cannot see the whole thing as you approach. Carpathius. Yes. What exactly happened here? He jumps off uh, the cart as you slow down and stares down at the ground and crosses his arms and stares at the thing, and he says... It's not going to be good in there. It's actually probably going to be pretty awful. Um, what? what? Oh. Yeah, good yeah. Good morning. Good morning, guys. <sighs> good morning. Um, as far as I can tell, there were a lot more hostages than uh, anyone thought, and there were still people unaccounted for. And, uh... Well, if it's day after, we might actually find someone alive. Wouldn't that be neat, right? But, um, uh, usually that is, uh, not very likely. Oh my. And I did bring supplies so that we can clean things up and take note of any breaks in the fort. And hopefully, over time... The first Bastion Mercenary Company can help bring this fort back to working order. I mean, there are supposed to be, what, five, seven of these dotted around the city? And most of them are crumbling heaps of rubble at this point, so... Honestly, I'm not surprised that this turned into a whole big problem. But here we are. And, uh... Yeah, didn't have to be this way. Just climb out of the wagon, then. Okay, I need everyone to be on their A-game and prepared. <laughs> Thought Bubble, unlike you. What? Unlike Carpathius. Being on our A- uh, being Oh, on the A yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> Here's you. Uh -huh. Like, 
Just share a look. Look. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy your nap? Yes, it was quite pleasant. I didn't dream about anything. Sometimes the best sleep, then. Indeed. Carpathius finally manages to take out a um, a slingshot and says, "Okay, okay, so." What we know is that they went in, they got the hostages, they got the lore keeper, found her alive. That was very fortunate. That means that we can actually have a trial and learn more about what what was happening here. And there is a whole lot we don't know about what was going on. So we can find out more about that. And keep her eyes peeled. That would be excellent. But the good news is that people left, which means that, you know, there there's an exit, and that was not a problem. So we won't have to exactly forge a new path here. Most of the masters, they probably didn't leave anything festering when it comes to anything that would have attacked. Usually they're pretty clear on the either take them in for jail or or just killing them outright. So, yep, usually it's only a, a yes or no black and white for that. Okay, uh, well, who wants to go first? <laughs> and then you hear a chink as, as Hannah kind of like <laughs> not jumps off, but kind of like lowers herself from the front of the car. It's like holds a hand up. Well, okay. I'm gonna pick you when he points. Yes. She just like draws the great sword from her back and holds it incredibly. It looks unwieldy, but you can see she's kind of worked out how to make it work. Her stance is like incredibly wide to offset the balance of the huge sword. It's like, and she's just like, okay, where are we going? Carpathius has this dumb smile on his face, uh, this wry smile, and he just kind of points to the open gate. <laughs> okay. Starts walking. <laughs> Six kind of leans over to Ilavara and, like, whispers, I'm sorry, I... I don't actually know what we're doing. I must have uh, not been paying attention, I suppose. Could you tell me what's going on? Don't die. I'll just walk after Hannah. (laughs) Oh. Oh, dear. All right. Pulling out a rapier as I go. So I've got two people in front. Can those people please make me perception checks? Oh, I'm really good at that. Good. <laughs> well, excellent. Oh, natural 20. Yeah, we uh, did 14? get a natural 20 and a 14. Both good. This is going to be a juicy net 20, isn't it? <laughs> um, so first off, with the 14, because this is information you both get, you can see the area of the gatehouse. It is a two-story gatehouse with a 30-foot passage that leads towards the stables and courtyards of the forts. The big wooden doors and interior metal portcullis have been absolutely blown apart. 
So right now, this is just a entranceway. You can both see that there are murder holes above you, and you can hear animal sounds on the other side. However, it is Anna's character, Ilavara, who can hear and tell that these are three animals, and they're bigger than animals. They're much bigger. In fact, one or two of them seem to be mm, unnaturally, maybe. Maybe a bit not quite like any animal you've heard before. I'm just going to put my hand out in front of Hannah to stop her from moving. Oh. Wait here. I'm going to stealth up to see around the corner and hope that I can mm-hmm. get a visual. Give me that stealth check. I will totally not be mad if Hannah just keeps coming and following me. <laughs> okay, so I got 25 to stealth. That is oh, excellent. <laughs> um, you make virtually no sound. This is especially important because of the way this gateway was situated. Hannah would have made um, a little bit of an echoey sound. And... <laughs> Ilavara, since your character is maybe used to traveling in caves a little bit, you know exactly how to counteract that. So you are able to sneak around and peek your head around the side. And what you see is the full courtyard. And what you see is an area absolutely covered in snow and blood. And three creatures inside the courtyard, chopping on stuff that is is definitely a gruesome sight to behold. The snowdrifts, it's not just pink and red. It's also some marks on the wall of the stable from fire spells. There was a battle here. And in the center of it all is a creature with giant wings and the striped back of a tiger and a long spiky tail. That creature is flanked by two giant vultures as large as a horse with feathers as long as swords. Maybe not as long as Hannah's sword, but you're going to find out pretty likely. And they're generally bickering over uh, what they are eating. The creature in the center does not turn around yet. They have not noticed you because you rolled so excellently on your stealth check. Yay. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do? With my, I'm kind of like got one hand on the wall and leaning forward and then I come back and without looking at Hannah, but I'm gesturing back at her, making like the count of three on a hand, and then another gesture that probably does not look familiar at all, and then waits. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this might actually be an intelligence check with advantage, since you... Don't you both have the soldier background? I do. I don't have technically that one, but, oh, it, okay. but it is kind of like that. We both, I guess we both have a military background. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be able to see if you can interpret those instructions. 
Yeah, so intelligence check. check. Oh, I'm, I'm mm. <laughs> with with advantage because nice. you might have similar similar. Mm. Okay, nice. wow, that's so. A- first roll was nine, and the second was fifteen. Perfect. Yeah, so you do understand the the just wait a second type of type of hand motions. Drow sign language. I'm not. Oh, I don't. I don't think oh. it's a thing. In... You should do it. It's okay. Just do it. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Okay. So I just assume that's what you were doing. <laughs> that would be fun, though. I do love drow, drow sign language. So from there's probably some signs in there that she doesn't understand, but Hannah generally gets the gist of three large creatures left. And then okay, so she'll take like a few seconds in her head to work <laughs> that out and process it. The hamster wheel is going. Yeah. <laughs> and then like sort of take a step back, turn to the others and go, um, there's three very large um creatures in the courtyard and Ilvilara is looking at them. She just looks back and is like <laughs> gesture Hannah like come on like <laughs> forward <laughs> and it, like, it's, she instantly sees that and she goes oh okay and goes <laughs> guess we're going I guess we are move your tokens on the map please oh yeah and tell me if you're sneaky or not absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not sneaking in okay good she's to know. not clever she wasn't told to be stealthy oh so she's not That's going true. to think about it oh, i'm sneaky <laughs> i could try to be sneaking <laughs> echoing in this hallway ilavara is just like <laughs> Wait, do we move our speed or just like uh, just what? regularly and we'll worry about speed if there's combat. Okay. So Carpathius is going to be behind you all with a sling and a stone ready. Very useful. He also gets slightly distracted staring at the wall and the way that the portcullis is like on the side of the wall in smithereens and just kind of tisks you know this this was made like a long time ago and they just kind of you know (laughs) yeah just snaps back and is just like (laughs) making a gesture like shut the fuck up right okay yeah and then motion hannah hannah to go first She's going to wait until everyone else is, like, kind of ready. And then... Oh, wait. I lied. Sorry. You lied? No, can I do something? Yeah, of course. I would like to... On Ilavara's left hip... No, wait, she's left-handed. On her right hip, she has a, like, kind of a short... It's, like, maybe six inches. A curved blade... And on that blade, she is going to put her hand on it and then just purposefully slide her palm over the blade until there's blood dripping down her fingers. Mm-hmm. And over the rapier will then caress the blade. And in the wake, instead of leaving blood, 
a rhyme of frost appears behind. So I have. Yes, Miranda. Mm -hmm. He said you weren't a writer. (laughs) Kill self. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, I think. That was such good imagery. Aw, thanks. Blushies. So Hannah's going to wait until she can see everyone, like, being ready, so to speak, to do something. Mm -hmm. And then immediately run and, like, smack the closest thing. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. So uh, you have caught them off guard. So you have one round of surprise. And then after that, we're going to roll initiative. Uh, So for assuming she's uh, Hannah's taking the first turn. Yes. Uh, So she's going to take a swing at the vulture closest to her. Okay. Uh, a 22 to hit. Oh uh, yeah, that does hit. Uh, six slashing damage. Okay. Dang, bro. And then she's going to take two steps forward, staying in melee range of one of them, and do another slash at the other one. Oh, damn. It's kind of like... The way she does it is like the first one she'll go up to, she'll be kind of dragging the greatsword behind her, stops and like converts the momentum into like a giant crescent moon style swing to smack the next one. This is Hannah's B up move. And then when the greatsword hits the floor, (laughs) she just like two handed brings it from where it is the floor overhead to hit the other one. Whether that actually works or not, (laughs) we'll see. 14 to hit? Yes, it hits. So that's eight slashing damage to the second one. Yay. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That causes a lot of problems. I'll go next. I am going to skirt around hugging the wall and come up behind to flank this one. Oh, there's no flanking, is there? Not unless you have a very specific thing, like being a rogue, which you are not. Fine. I'm technically flanking in a technical military maneuver. (laughs) And then I'm going to stab it in the back. Okay. Or attempt to. Roll those Uh, dice. That hits. Oh, sweet. Oh, that is a lot of damage, isn't it? So that will be 10 from the rapier and 6 from the cold... If it's wow. not dead, I will attack again. Oh, it is not dead. So I will thrust again for, it looks like, another hit, another hit. Correct. So 13 damage total. This one brings it down. Describe that for me, please. Just very clean and efficient when the first one doesn't do it by thrusting into... What she was hoping was its spinal cord. She just thrusts again into the main body, piercing its lung until it falls. Okay. I don't know how horrifically gory we can be. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I've been holding back a little bit, but that's okay. I feel like we understand what's going on. Yeah. We yeah. don't have to describe it choking to death on its own blood. It's fine. No, we don't. We're, we're good. Okay. Next up, I see a roll there already, so I'm assuming that is your your turn. Oh, that was an accident. I was looking at my character sheet, but that is actually what I wanted to do. 
Great. Let's do that. But you will have to have line of sight and tell me what you are trying to hit. Okay. So I'm going to try to hit the remaining vulture. Yes. A 12 hits. Okay. He puts out his hand and a bolt of fire or a moat of fire is hurled in the direction of the vulture like a tiny comet. And so range spell attack on a hit. The target takes 1d10 fire damage. It's 2d10 because of my level. So... Oh, uh, it is rolled as part of the spell. Okay. That's what Where? that 18 is because oh, you okay. rolled an 8. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Does that take into account the... Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's the... That is the roll 20 function of auto damage. Okay, I, like, completely misread that. Yeah, if you scroll over the 12, it tells you what the roll is. I see. An 18 is exceptional, and this turkey goes up in flames like a Thanksgiving turkey, and more of it becomes bald. Hannah, you can just, you can smell that, you know, that delicious Thanksgiving turkey smell. (laughs) Sick kind of blows on his paw. Like, um, little smoke blows off of it. How fucking pretentious. I love it. (laughs) Okay. He's a ham. Absolutely. Is there anything else from six this round? He's gonna wink. That's it. Winking is a free action. Winking is a free action. Thank you. We have the title of the episode now. (laughs) Ilvard was, I was totally looking back when I saw his fire and I was just like shocked and looked back just to see in in time six blowing the smoke off, off of his palm. And it's just like, Clearly dumbfounded and did not expect that from you. <laughs> yeah, Wait. this vulture. <laughs> this vulture is on its last legs. Uh, next up would be your. Am I able to get them into range from here? Does this have a distance? Yeah. Um, d- does what have a distance? Oh, 30. Okay. Yeah. I'll go as far as I can. Okay. Use the dash action to to sacrifice your regular action to move 30 extra feet. Uh, You could do that. You could also hold your ground or take a dodge. Well, you have reach, don't you? I do. It's 10 feet. So you could get in range. So you can actually reach. Yeah. This is as far mm-hmm. as I can go on my own. Because I would have to take well, an action to hit. No? No, you, you can actually get here with your your movement. Oh. And then you can take your action to do an attack to hit. Oh, excellent. Or to oh. try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the key word. <laughs> I mean, the AC yep. is low on these, so... Don't don't say that. I know, I know. <laughs> I believe in your... Aw. Yours coming your on in. runs up, yeah. Uh, they have a glaive. It's modest but pretty. 
and they're going to try to stab with it from a distance. They do, since they came, like, moving in, they use, like, the movement of, like, they're kind of jogging over. So let's see if that works. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, a 22 certainly hits. If you just hit glaive, the button, it'll roll your damage. Oh, I see. Like the word glaive. Oh, I gotcha. So just hit the damage if I just want that then. There you go. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, This one does do it. So describe how you kill this beastie. Woo! Nice. (laughs) Uh, Yord comes on in and uses their momentum to push their glaive forward. And it hits him in the shoulder and it falls over. Okay. I love how like Carpathias is just gonna round the corner and see like <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, you are completely right. <laughs> You're one hundred percent correct. Carpathias, you had me worried for a second, but this uh-huh. is gonna be hard. You card you. He does run through the tunnel, rounds the corner, sees two dead birdies and (laughs) one completely untouched monster. And all of you just absolutely at the ready professional kind of puts down his slingshot and goes, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. And next up, so that I have a small fighting chance, I am going to let the monster have a turn before we roll initiative, you monsters. (laughs) (laughs) So the creature turned around, stares at you and goes, This isn't fair. We had a contract. And does a big old attack. We had a contract. A contract. Uh, I believe a 19 hits Hannah. It does, yeah. Moves up and by two for four piercing because you all had the good rolls today. Uh, so I have the heavy armor master feat. So four piercing becomes one piercing. Ah, very nice. Thank you. You will have to constantly remind me. So, like, I imagine the way this happens is that because her armor is so, like, patchwork and ill-fitting, he just goes to bite, and the teeth just sort of, like, against the armor, and maybe one kind of gets through. It's all empty space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing there. It's like, Alphonse Elric. (laughs) The actual tiny person. Wow, and the second... Claw does not hit. I believe a 16 does not hit. A 16 does not hit? A 17 does hit, though. Oh. So the first claw just kind of swipes against your armor and doesn't get you at all. The second one does get you for four piercing, and I adjusted that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then it is going to start backing away. Like a cornered animal. Uh, I'm going to take my attack of opportunity against it. <laughs> yes, you may. Please go right ahead. So as it kind of starts um, backing away, she's going to, oh, no, no, you stay here. And just like kind of not even wildly swing, but kind of half flail, half I'm a big threat, don't you move sort of swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not hit. <laughs> That's a seven. That does not hit, no. 
you were probably very confused because the face of this creature, which you have now seen, does almost look like a person face with too many teeth. And a big old lion mane of hair. Think I know what it is, but that's out of character knowledge. <laughs> you are correct. Okay, and now we actually roll initiative. <laughs> Let's fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I rolled very badly on initiative. We're coming for you. I also rolled poorly. Okay. So, up at the top is Hannah. Excellent. Okay, so, she heard, oh no, this wasn't fair, we made a contract, so this has confused her a little bit, and she wants to know a bit more, so I'm going to run at it, and I'm going to attempt to, like, completely just, like, full body throw myself at it and try and grapple. Clink, 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 clink. Oh my gosh, we're doing a post-grapple check? It's not, no, it's not even like a clink, it's like a full body sprint run jump to try and grapple. <laughs> we're doing a post-grapple check, so it's like my favourite. So he needs to beat an eight. <laughs> An eight? That's three plus five. <laughs> I have a good chance of that. <laughs> you would think so. Natural one. I believe theoretically I can also use acrobatics. However, they are equal for me. <laughs> oh, I rolled a 21. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so what happens there is like she'll just run, smack on the floor, kind of like. <laughs> and try again it's that like instead of just like throwing yourself at it she'll just like put try and put both arms around it and pull it down so roll me another acrobatics or athletics please you can do two of those in one turn you can replace um a standard attack with a grapple ch- grapple action oh an act an attack not an action yep <laughs> i'm down with that let's do this yep. so you got to beat an 18 now Ha! I rolled a five this time. <laughs> so to everyone else, that probably looked really weird. But now Hannah yes. has her like two arms like locked very tightly around this thing. I've still got ten feet of movement, so I'm going to drag it back with me five feet. Amazing! Perfect. Six has his mouth open, like, <laughs> like, uh, like that, like surprised cat. I, I can't reference a GIF here, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you certainly may. <laughs> so she's like... Dr- she's dragging it back, going, um, Dungeoneer man, uh, this one wants to talk to you. And that's it. That's my that's my turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ilavara. Okay. <laughs> uh... I don't really know that I want to interfere. I think Hannah's instincts are correct. So (laughs) actually, I'm just going to move up. I'm still going to stay kind of against the wall and be ready to attack it in case Hannah's grip loosens. But overall, looks like looks like she's got it. It's got a handle. (laughs) So are you going to... Prepare an action or something? Yes. I'm okay. going to prepare 
a stab. Just in case. Just in case. If it wriggles out of her grasp, I will stab it. Okay. Good to know. Next up is Carpathius. <laughs> What's his charisma say? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> so Carpathius is going to go, uh, yeah, right. Okay. 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 Talking's a free action. So we're going said to... said something about a contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to start running up. Yeah, that contract's not with me. Okay, uh, whatever you are, uh, you better tell us about whatever this contract is, or we will do you like we did these birds. That is going to be an intimidation check. (laughs) (laughs) Against myself. (laughs) Oh, it actually worked. Would I be able to give him advantage on that anyway, considering I've got two, like, fairly strong arms around its neck? (laughs) I think that's extremely fair, too, that someone being intimidated and is already grappled. (laughs) So, just in case I get the nat 20, just in case, I do not. I did worse. So, (laughs) he does have his sling out, although he kind of acknowledges that he's surrounded by people with much better weaponry much more apt weaponry and he kind of does step around some viscera both recent and not recent as he does say okay you're gonna you're gonna tell us what what you know or or i'm gonna tell them to keep i'm gonna tell them to kill you that's what's gonna happen and it seems that the creature hones in on him, takes a deep breath in and stops wiggling as much. The tail is still going back and forth, that terrible uh, scorpion-like tail. It is now Six's turn. So I've got feline agility, so I can double my I can double my speed until the end of the turn, and I can't use this trait again until I move zero feet on one of my turns. So, could go here. And considering that Carpathius was just trying to like, I guess, um, threaten or like warn the creature, Six is going to use True Strike which is um, a cantrip. Mm, it's a 30-foot range. I think I'm just out of it. So I'm just going to ready an attack in that case. Okay, next is Monster's turn. You can see, uh, almost like a cat when it's playing, the tail swinging back and forth. But the rest of him is kind of just letting, letting Hannah, <laughs> I want to say, like, it, it's almost like you're pressing the giant head into the ground under your <laughs> arm, right? Like you're about to noogie this monster. Um, <laughs> this is a very serious podcast. <laughs> Six is like, it's another cat. <laughs> 
Yeah, right? That's my hiss. <laughs> I'm not even going to roll an intimidate check because he's already intimidated. One must doubly intimidate. Also because six is not intimidating. <laughs> not intimidating. Maybe to a mouse monster. Aww. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the monster goes... I don't know if I can believe you. We have already been betrayed once. I don't know. Ugh. You don't even smell right. You smell like fish. How did you even get here? I, we had a contract. We could have whatever we wanted once a week. And now, now it's not even fresh. I don't know what this, what this is. He kind of one wing gestures to the surrounding area and all of the uh, viscera all over the ground and bug and snow. Mm. And yeah, I think the monster is going to start begging for his life. It's life. <laughs> it's life. I didn't mean any harm by it. Look, it's just the way I am, right? <laughs> That's a tricky conversation about alignment. <laughs> We're gonna pause this podcast to talk about alignment in D D. <laughs> what does alignment mean to you? <laughs> What's the deal with alignment? What's the deal with this anyway? What's up with that? Yes. But it does not attack this round. It is going to try to shimmy out, though. So Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure I get to do that. I'm reasonably yeah, I sure I know the game. Yes. You get to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I believe I will try a dex check. Oh, fucking Time. Hell. I got a 17. I got a 7. <laughs> <laughs> oh no so what he's gonna do is, is get uh, stabbed well wiggle the butt out and we'll get to the stabbing <sighs> okay. but first what the the motion he would like to do is do this uh, the wings will swoop down and lift him off the ground and he's going to do a swoop and a leap onto the god guard towers walk catwalk at the top and a swoop yes uh this catwalk is about 20 feet high and there are stairs at the north end of it and that is this creature's action for the round yeah unfortunately i wasn't in range so i couldn't take my uh prepared action okay is it within 120 feet? It yes. certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Do your thing. Fire time. That's not my catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, too late. <laughs> Fire time. A 17 hits for yeah. a comet of a firebolt and six nice. damage. That's the first damage it's taken, because it was previously in a headlock. Nice. Next up is your... Well, we were talking to it for a hot second, 
Can I try persuasion to keep it hanging around to talk? Yes, you may. Ah. Tell me what yours says and roll a persuasion check. Okay, well, since it is up there, it looks like a, um, you know, like you'd beckon to somebody on a set piece on a theater stage, just trying to convince them that it seems like there's stuff we both don't know here, so it would be best if we could talk about it, and that way we don't have to hit each other. <laughs> and then just roll a thing. Yes, please. Alright, persuasion is... Hey, unnatural 20. Ooh, I got very plus nice. 7. <laughs> it is great that this monster was written to be able to talk, but was not written to have any skills whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I rolled a 19, that's just under, and I think that counts for him being persuaded to stay Aww. and talk. Still threatening to fly off whenever, in case there's danger, because, you know, today's not the day, <laughs> to turn into a fireball of a turkey, like the vulture, so. Next is Hana. So she's just, like, seeing the fact that this thing got away she's gonna be like hmm. oh, so cute <laughs> like fold her arms look up at it and go okay fine uh i promise i won't hurt you but we have to talk okay <laughs> she's just like there's kind of tapping her foot folding her arms <laughs> okay next is ilavara i do want to hurt it <laughs> i'm sure you do Hard work. Can you get up there? Not reliably, but I do see a staircase not too far. Yes, you could also try to climb it. I don't think I want to try that. <laughs> that is totally fair and understandable. <laughs> You're give me a boost. Aw, to do what? <laughs> Stab it in its eyeballs. Well... <laughs> No, I think I'm just gonna um, actually move along the wall beneath. <laughs> At some point, you'll be out of line of sight, won't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. I, I think I will actually be stealthing as well, because I, I want to give us an advantage in case we need to, so I want to stay out of sight. Okay. Uh, so I only got a 14. It does not notice you. It's very busy figuring out what these what these three are doing. What these three, your Hannah and Carpathius, are doing. So I move thirty feet. I forget in fifth edition stealthing. Or do you move half speed or no? If you're doing stealth in combat, it's assumed to be small, like increments yeah. of movement. So it's not. There's no movement penalty. Okay. But I as I as a DM like imply a small penalty if you're moving. So that's just me. Minus ten movement if you're human and have a regular pace of thirty. But that's not in combat. No. I'm I'm gonna leave it as is, but um because you're hidden right now, that's going to be a specific thing. Okay. So I'm just going to stay where I'm at then. 
I have enough move speed to get to him if I need to. That's totally fine. You are hidden in a blind spot as this creature is looking the other way. Next up is Carpathius, who is definitely going to ask, What do you mean you had a contract? A contract with who? For what? Uh, this doesn't make any sense. And that's going to be the end of his turn. I think he's going to move up a bit, though. Let's stay behind the people with the weapons. <laughs> and the next turn is six. So, how tall is the wall? Uh, it's 20 feet. I can climb it. Yes, you can. So I climb it. Uh, I can't move forward or anything, right? Do you have any extra movements? I believe you used your climb movement. So. Yeah. So can I use my normal movement or? Same thing. Unless you've got to special tabaxi things. Okay. I don't think you do have a special tabaxi thing for this. Just tabaxi things, you know. It's just tabaxi things. Then I am going to... Can I roll stealth while I do this? Or is it too late? I think it's too late, and I think the creature's already looking in your direction. Okay. Because we, we did solidify that the creature was looking towards you three and away from where Ilavara is located. Okay. Six is like, I didn't think this through. <laughs> uh, I'm one I'm one square short of being able to do two true strike. Oh. So I can't. Um, okay, so I am going to cast Detect Thoughts on myself. I'm not close enough in range, though. Why? Can I detect the thoughts of the manticore? That's not, maybe not a manticore. <laughs> Stage whisper, it's a manticore. It's a manticore. Sorry, what what is detect thoughts? It lasts for a minute, so I can move in my next turn and still use it. So detect thoughts is detected on self concentration and up to one minute. So you can read the thoughts of certain creatures when he casts a spell, and as your action on each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on any one creature that you can see within thirty feet of you. So that's one creature with an intelligence higher uh, four or higher, which is correct, and you learn the surface thoughts. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be the end of my turn. Next up is, is Critter. And uh, the manticore shouts back in the direction of your Hannah and Carpathius. Uh, we were we were given fresh food, fresh food, and it was reliable. And that's the bargain: is that they give us things. There's no problem with that. In fact, we got the best part of the bargain. And it wasn't with any of you. I think it's hard to tell. It was with uh, uh, it was with the. Oh gosh, I don't have a name. The the lady with books. 
book lady looks at Elvara. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> Shake head. It could be you. <laughs> Just scowls in the end. I knew something was up when I came here and things weren't fresh around here. It didn't taste like sand either. But at least we had fresh food for a while. <sighs> I think this critter is going to do an attack. And then uh, see where that gets it. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Rude. Okay, I got two hits. One is a hit on your for eight piercing. Okay. Yes. And one is a hit on Hannah for seven piercing. Minus three is four. Cool. So what, what sort of attack was that? Its tail whipped around and spikes flew out of it right okay. at you. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take my hellish rebuke reaction? Because that was rude. <laughs> so fucking rude. Usually I would suggest that, but uh, hellish rebuke is only really useful against melee attacks. Ah, I see. It doesn't I believe say... so. It doesn't travel. Uh, it says I point a finger at really? a thing. Yeah. And then it gets fired. It's very possible I use the spell incorrectly for a solid year and a half. Yes, yeah, 60 foot range. It is a 60 foot range. Please go right ahead and turn it into a spicy nugget. <laughs> <laughs> I point because, hey, we were talking. So it needs to make a deck save as well? Uh, yes. I have literally only used that spell for some melee thing hitting my caster and me going, oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I need make to make deck a dexterity save. save. Um, <laughs> I got a nine total. I don't think a nine saves. I am reasonably sure that a nine gets hit. Because your spell save DC is a 14. It is. Does it matter what it, my spellcasting ability is on? or It's based off your charisma because you're a tiefling? <laughs> no, it is. But like, it doesn't become dex for this spell or anything. So it's, um, as, a, as a tiefling, it's based off your charisma. But you're a paladin. So your spellcasting is off your charisma anyway. Yeah, it's, it's double charisma. So it is a 15. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a spell save. Yeah, a nine is under your, your spell save DC anyway. So I take 2d10 fire damage. Please roll. Oh, um, I don't know if it makes a difference. With Tiefling, Hellish Rebuke is cast at second level. So I think I get 3d10. Is it a, a full three? Yes, it's 3d10 if it's cast at second level. All right. Let's see how much damage it does. Oh. Yeah, that's a 13 damage against this. With a fireball to the face, I guess. How does your uh, hellish rebuke look when you, you cast it against something? So it just kind of springs up at that creature, surrounding them in flames. And because um, it's, it's your... It matches their eyes, which are like an, a bright like amber, like, like a resin. Ooh. Very nice. I think it 
absolutely growls. <laughs> and I'm not going to say it's blinded for a turn because that's an official, you know, designation. But we can play it like you got it right in the face. <laughs> and it is now your turn. Six shots. Don't! Whatever you do, don't kill it. I don't know what I'm doing with my voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I... I'm so bad. No, you're no, not. not. You're doing fine. And you're taking chances. Don't kill it. Don't kill it, I say. Just don't. Don't I'm kill going it? to read its thoughts. Ah, uh, all right. Well, mm. I shout, just like, <laughs> just announce it to everyone. <laughs> now it knows, and yeah. how can I help? <laughs> Let's see. I will move. Oh no, I still won't be in range. Hmm. So high up. Yeah. Uh, I'll still move a little. Okay, we're coming up to these stairs, and I... I don't wave or wink because you're hidden. <laughs> I'm not like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess I will prepare a, a dodge. Just kind of be on these stairs. Right, just in case. Okay. Yeah. Next is Hannah. I understand, though, if, like, your character just doesn't like my plan, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't need to hear those thoughts. I'm just gonna kill it. What are thoughts? <laughs> no, we're workshopping on the fly. <laughs> what is thinking? What are thoughts? Does Hannah have a higher intelligence than the monster? <laughs> Yes. By one point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Smarter than the monster. My favorite intelligence question in D&D is, can it open a doorknob? So I think what Hannah's going to do is she's going to just like take a step to be in front of, like between her, the monster, and... She didn't remember his name, so he's he's the fish man. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he gets that a lot. Just like take the light crossbow off of her hip, aim it, and prepare it, and go. You can leave, but if you try to hurt anyone, I will shoot you. And yeah, she's gonna prepare a light crossbow attack for if it if it makes any violent actions towards anyone. Okay. But if it tries to leave, she just won't fire. Elevara. Does that mean I have to hold back attacking it? That's your choice. Uh, uh. <laughs> what kind of movement can I take to just jump up onto the edge of the stairs here? It's so funny that we just talked a lot about jump actions. <laughs> like just pull myself up in front of your... Mm -hmm. I would consider that requiring an athletics check for a climb. Fuck. I'll just go around. Okay. <laughs> Could I assist on a fail or something? I guess it had to be a turn. Oh, that'd be so cute helping that'd me That'd be adorable, yeah. That would be. I kind of do want to allow it because that would be extremely cute. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll do all it. Right. I'm going to try to hoist myself up so I don't have to walk all the way around. <laughs> I have my hand out if you need it. <gasps> Can I just take it automatically for <laughs> if advantage? You want. <laughs> How cute. She would look surprised, but take the hand up. Hey, 19. Hey. Yeah, I don't know if you even needed that, but uh, it looks like you did an adorable anyway. So, <laughs> yes. Elvara, I, I struggle if I want to refer to myself in third person or first person, so I'm going to swap between them until something feels comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will nod my head in thanks. Here, kind of Hannah's beseeching of the creature <sighs> not want to ruin anything <laughs> so I just hesitate at the top step to see what it will do but I have a reaction lined up if it does attack anyone okay so right now I'm done okay next is Carpapius's turn and more skip in because he really doesn't know what to do in this situation. He's <laughs> a little far out of his depth right now. He had a long speech earlier that included uh, talking about taxes. Next is Six's turn. <laughs> okay. Six is gonna move forward ten feet. Can he hear the Manticore's thoughts? Yes. What does he hear? The Manticore's thoughts, it's difficult because it's intertwined with, um, it is both speech and it is scent and it is sight. And some of what you see is the Lorekeeper that was arrested and the Lorekeeper directing people to, um, move what look like people outside of the fort and you can see through the manticore's eyes them swooping down on that right uh you also see an initial conversation between the manticore and the lore keeper where the lore keeper it's less of an agreement and more of the manticore being told that this is what he will do and the manticore being like this only benefits me I will certainly do it. And that is between the Manticore and the Lorekeeper. You also see the Manticore growing a entourage of vultures, which are, are still present. There are still a lot of vultures around. Just getting, growing a posse of vultures. And now, now he has people he can share his, his gorgeous bounty with. He is very big in his own mind. And not at all scared of anything pointy. <laughs> or a small half-elf in armor who managed to pin him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like... This is all sinking in. Oh, shit. Well, I, that's what I was well, going to do anyway. Um, I'm gonna, I believe that I don't think the... it needs to be rolled. Hold on, I believe that um, to read the mind counted as your action. Oh, it says it is an action. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to oh. use detect thoughts is an action. Okay, so that is the end of my turn. Okay. 
Oh, the other thing you can tell is that this has been going on since autumn, is what you can tell. Okay. From the surroundings of the midcore. It's currently midwinter. Yes, it is. Okay. Next is the manticore, who is going to throw some tail spikes out. I am going to do my reaction then. Oh, please do. So as I see his tail raising to spike us, I'm going to, with the hand that I bloodied earlier, paint half circles under each eye on myself. And inaudibly whisper the words to impart my curse upon him. Oh. But I'm also going to choose to amplify this, so I'm going to bleed a little more. This is the Curse of the Eyeless, and for all of his attacks that are going to happen until the end of the turn, I get to subtract a d6 from his attack rolls. Okay. Does it hurt? Because I imagine six is still like... When I fell from heaven? Yes. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine six is still maybe a little bit attuned to the manticore. I don't think it's pleasant. I kind of imagine that their eyes like swell up and fill with blood. Ooh. Spooky. Uh, Like, I think the description says like they start bleeding from the eyes. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay, so this manticore has that happen. The tail spikes, two of them go wide. The third one I do need you to roll for. Is that the roll that's currently in roll 20? No, it'll be three. Okay. It is yeah. three. Four is the HP I lose. <laughs> yes, that last one, that links off six's armor. I don't have armor. Oh, it clinks off your... I guess it goes wide, too. It almost gives you a new piercing in your very large ears. So, like, as that happens also, I'm just going to be like, I gave you a chance to fire my mic crossbow. <laughs> Please nice. do so. That does uh, not yeah, hit. That's not going to hit, no. No, a 10 does not hit. And it takes its movement action to start flying away. I'm say 6 recoils a little bit. As he, like, removes himself from the thoughts of the manticore. And maybe has, like, a little bit of blood in the corner of his eyes. that he has to blink away. Yeah. The manticore flies away. And it, it doesn't quite run into a building or anything. But, like, it's clearly just trying to get into open air. Okay. I, I believe that's the end of the encounter. Unless anyone else wants to try something or sling a spell. Nope. Okay. I want to wink. <laughs> <laughs> Please wink. <laughs> Give us a good wink. I wink at Carpathius this time. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think we're going to call it there. Yay. I think we, we went way over time, but that's okay. City in Snow is part of Novi Studios and takes place in the setting of Lanamora ages before the events of the Legends of Lanamora podcast. To find more City in Snow content, share your thoughts or predictions on Twitter at City in Snow.
Thanks again to my wonderful players. How can people find you all? Uh, this is Anna, and you can find my illustration work on Twitter at UnrulyCrypted or my website, AnnaHannon.com. I'm Lane, and you can find whatever brand of whatever it is that I do, I'm not quite sure yet, at Line the Order on Twitter, and watch this space because I'm currently getting into game development, and I'm trying to decide on a studio name. <laughs> I'm Izzy, and you can find me and my art and writings at Squishy Night on Twitter. I'm Miranda, and you can find me at Brotato Farm on Itch.io, Twitter, and other places. And I'm Lizzie, and you can find me at Lizzie underscore BR on Twitter. That's L-I-Z-Y underscore BR on Twitter. To check out more shows and streams from Novi Studios, check out novistudio.io. That's N-O-V-I studio.io. That's all from us today. Thank you very much.